0: So tell me something. Is there, is there anything? I mean, like, I know the process of, of practicing and and, and um, preparing for a gig. I mean, I notice, I notice for myself. I mean, this is some big geek. shit I'm getting into is that you know I find myself. I get more into. Hopefully, practicing the instrument more when I'm when I'm about to maybe prepare for a gig or sure. or, or 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 I mean I I noticed before pre-pandemic of course that I was most of the time I was spending on the bass was preparing for the next thing I was about to do really working on that music which makes sense and but then I then I would maybe okay well I, I should you know deal some bowing and some schedule, whatever and uh, I mean what do you I mean, how is that for you? I know it's you're getting ready to, to play again, you know, whatever. Would you say, what's your balance with that? I mean, are you always right. cognizant or is it back of your mind working on things in a certain kind of way? I mean, you right. have impeccable technique. So it's like, obviously you've put in the work and you continue to put in the work or or am I might you just go and smoke up our, <laughs> you just cuz you're just a freak like that tell, tell us tell us give no, us a secret. no freak i mean like, <laughs> i mean i think
1: we this is what we've all been dealing with during covid is mm-hmm. how to maintain the inspiration practicing wise when mm-hmm. it's not for a specific gig right or tour right. Mm-hmm. um but you know for me it's kind of been always the same because I, i'm really not a root routine type of uh practicer like i don't i mean i did when i was you know uh about 14 i think i had probably the strongest routine you know (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. right, Um, right. Mm -hmm. but since then it's been very fluid and so it's like whatever if it's not about you know working on specific music for for a gig it's about take just be whatever is turning me on in the moment you know, right. and that's there just like, go. okay, what did I hear last night? That's like, wow, what, what is that bass? What, how, you know, like, f- trying to find out the baseline or there you, you know. go. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's just you know, and that comes from obviously from jazz music, but it comes from everything. You know, it comes no a lot from classical music, a lot from electric mm-hmm. bass stuff, and mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. Or, or, or bebop stuff from horn players and piano players. So right. you know, that's kind of continued through COVID, and I got to say, like, there's been, you know, certain weeks where. I just don't feel inspired really nothing's mm-hmm. like it's nothing's coming in to really like s- create the spark right yeah. but right. then it then it happens you know it's just yes. then it's like boom you, know, so you can't really worry about it but you know it's like it happened like i went on tour in in july came back in august went on vacation came back and i wasn't really even listening to music i wasn't really practicing and um I, what was it something spurred me oh i know i i had, I was in a store and they were playing um uh River People, R- weather report <laughs> River People. Sam's door. Wow, yeah. <laughs> and um and I've, i was thought that's such a great you know, it sounds like their version of a disco tune in a way, you know. And um, <laughs> right. you know it's this this kind of disco bass line, but doubled up, so there's mm. da, that da, 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 you know, like doubled each note. And it's like so a lot of that stuff was like, okay, well how do you how do how would I play that on upright and have it still have that that impact that clarity that the rhythmic uh, rhythmic like assuredness you know Mm. Um, and 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 so then it becomes like a technical etude you know it's like okay I know the notes can I get it to speak on this bigger instrument Mm. and still have it have a point to it you know so then it's like okay left hand shit right hand oh, shit so on, it all man. becomes te- technical in a way but it's come all
0: on, man i'm gonna cut you off man you like there <laughs> come on dude that's what? your signature sound that like percussive maybe like in your face, oh, I've but, got it. accuracy.
2: <laughs> I would so I love to hear. Teen, I would so love to hear you playing Teen Talent on over. <laughs> ah, let's hear that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, all this stuff, but to me, it's like, okay, I just need the spark of something that that inspires me mm-hmm. to go to the base and say, okay, this is something I can't do right at this moment. Right. Mm-hmm. right. What's What's the hang up? Is it Is what? it the fingering? Is it the right hand? You know,
0: and and, that and that's be anything. And then the great thing to hear also from what you. You just explained to us that it's okay that you don't have that inspiration. That you can just be like, it's gonna, right. it'll come, and don't beat yourself up. I found for myself, yeah. and I, I to other people, um, feeling kind of like, damn, I don't, I don't have it, and I should have it. I need, I, I want to have it, but right. I just want to lay in the bed, or I just want to watch Netflix, right. or whatever. You know what I mean? And right. like, you know, it's like, you know, forgive yourself, and it's okay it's right. all right well you know you what know?
1: I, I realized is like you go so if you practice for an hour then like you can enjoy the real housewives of beverly hills much more because <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> then you got both going on they both feed each other <laughs> exactly
0: simple as that now hello but anyway um uh j- just to, to to cut this part off so you we you know we talked a little bit you know yesterday and you mentioned you know online lessons and all that and I mean how much how much have you fell in love or out of love with doing that whole thing have even doing online lessons or or even you know live concerts without an audience or, or whatever I mean I don't know if you, how much you've done that I know I've done a few of those and it's, it's, yeah. it sucks but uh, uh, <laughs> tell, tell me <laughs> tell me about your experience well um, uh, with
1: on online stuff I mean well, for, just on, yeah, you know, everything yeah. all of that but uh-huh. well, I mean, with teaching I, I found uh, teaching online actually uh, very very enjoyable and I think I can get a lot across that um, I was a bit surprised about how much works I mean you know I teach in Switzerland so usually I'm there in person but this last year and a half I was doing it remote and what I did miss was you know like being up next to the bass player or whoever and, and it's like okay I can really both going both ways, they can, they can hear my sound, I can hear their sound, like, there's certain yeah. sonic things that don't quite translate, you no, know, no. Um, but I was really kind of happy with how much could be done online, mm. and mm. the other great thing is that you can, you know, if you offer teaching, then, then anybody can take a less I mean, you know, right. it's like, you know, I'm free, you know, you could <laughs> yeah. be in anywhere, and in True. any, any level, I mean, it, the thing about teaching that's really been cool for me is, um, like I said earlier, because I didn't go through a real scholastic way of learning the instrument, it makes me think about, well, what, it, what exactly am I really doing when I'm you know, no. making, making this musical statement? And, um, and so you kind of build up some ideas that b- break it down. And the, 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 the negative possibility of teaching to me is that you start repeating yourself, right? You, you, you kind of get this idea of this is what I do, and this is what I'm going to talk about. And what I found with teaching, especially this year, was that anytime I start saying the same shit, maybe it's time to rethink that idea. Hmm. And that hmm. um, that's happened a few times recently. Well, like one one very specific was I'm always telling bass players with the right hand play at the end of the fingerboard. Hmm. You know, just leave it there. You don't have to be moving it up and down. And for me, that's been part of you know helping to get clarity and to relax and to have an extended arm and use gravity and to have mm. a point to the sound. Mm. But you know, after saying it so many times, I was like, "Wait a second, maybe that's not mm-hmm. always what should be do- going on right mm. And so it just makes me rethink what I've already thought you know so just kind of reinterpreting mm. my own shit so. It's like, right, yeah, we're you know. teaching, but we're also trying to get our stuff better at the same time, <laughs> yes, you know, so, there so you it helped know. me in that. It's like, OK, I've been saying this so much that it's probably not correct.
0: Actually. Well, yeah, <laughs> that, this. Yeah.
1: Or, or it's not always correct. Let's just say that.
2: Not it's, in every situation. It's not the hammer that for every job. Right, exactly, exactly.
0: That's a a word we use a lot on Upright Citizens. Situational. Situational, right? Mm It's so, so situational. And that's the beauty of also being able to teach one-on-one with, with someone you kind of sculpt you got kind of like oh let me tweak this exactly oh, i love that, that. Yeah. let me bring oh well oh, you're not you know okay. well, you're a little different me. And, and i mean and i've been a couple of that too been like you know well you ain't doing it no do it this way you know sometimes and
1: then, ex- that's exactly what needs to be said exactly right? it's like why would right. you play play a, a major third on a minor chord you know? right. right. You know, something like that, you know, but unless you really meant it, you know, this is like, you know, these are the things that come up all the time with lessons The people play a blues and you play an F blues and that G, G minus seven, you play a B natural. It's like, okay, that's, that's totally cool. But you just changed that chord very dramatically and you better have meant it.
0: Right, exactly. Uh, wrong yeah. or strong, strong or wrong, but uh... <laughs> Man, we can keep on going. Yeah, you go ahead. You got it, Bob. I, I, I we could go on with this. I don't want to. Oh
2: yeah, definitely. No, yeah, I, I know that y'all could just talk bass and music all day long, and I love that. I wish yeah, wish we had the time. Um, <laughs> but it it kind of piggybacking off the whole online pandemic, you know, situation that we're in. Uh, you know, I I've seen that you you did a solo show at the Vanguard. Earlier in the year, and uh, you know, it, was that in support of the Gleaners album, or just uh, because there was an opportunity that came through, or
1: yeah, it was just to support myself and <laughs> getting out and playing a little bit, you know, having something to focus on, you know. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, because you know the record had come out, I don't know what that was—two years before, or a year and sure. a half, or something. You know. So well, it was, you know, for yeah. those,
0: for those, for those who don't know, let's 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 just stay there for a hot second. The The Gleaners is is uh larry's solo debut i guess your debut record as a as a as a you know as a leader yeah. per yeah. se you yeah. know your own you know you've done you've co-led obviously right um but uh it, w- i mean how did that even come about was that you were like i need to do this because i'm larry Granadier and i deserve to put something out in the world or did somebody was like larry you need to do this please or what <laughs> Just- <laughs> you know, or, or this, this was oh, Jalari, yo, we, we need I one from ECM. We need you to do this for, for ECM. I won't see who that is, but go ahead. Right. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> yeah, there was, it was something I hadn't planned on. I, I never really thought about doing a solo, so, you know, solo performance record. Um, but I was, yeah, I was recording an ECM record with Manfred and, and mm-hmm. he, he had put the idea out there and it was just, he, he mentioned it at a time where I was, I was like, Oh, that's kind of an interesting idea, and I said okay, you know, and then then I went home, and you know, weeks later, I was like, oh, what did I just, what did I just agree to? Because <laughs>
0: you know, it, it, for, for it y'all who don't, don't know, Manfred, uh, Manfred is uh, what's Manfred's last name again? Um, Iker. 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 He's the he's the, the, the owner, the the head boss, the man in charge of ECM Jazz Record Label. So, um, you know, for our. Right, right. All right uh, and so we
1: had worked together, you know, on a, a lot of different records over the, over the years, and uh, it just it just came out after a session. And, and so, you know, having committed to it, I was like, I was scared, but I also was kind of, I didn't want to also back out of it either. Hello, you know? so, hello. So you know the thing was I basically had a, a year before I even recorded it so that year was just a, a time of, of thinking about it and writing music and practicing and it, it became mm-hmm. kind of a workshop for me of, of figuring out different ways to get different sounds out of the instrument, different tunings and, mm-hmm. and kind of just get get the music to a certain point where it could speak clearly.
0: You know, by itself. I mean, I am sure, Bob, you have some things to say about this, but the the one thing I want to say about about the recording is that, dude. I mean, you're I had never heard you play ball like that, and it was like it it, it brought me chills to hear you uh, be so proficient, like that. Like it's so great to hear your personality in, in just in a whole nother light. You know, mm-hmm. your you know the prowess that you had, and it 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 floored me it floored oh, me i was just like you already you already like like blew me away and then but just to hear you just to, the accuracy and the, the way you played uh with the bow especially i mean the whole album but i i just that 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 i didn't expect you know what i'm saying so it was like i was so i was so happy i was like you know and 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 depressed so, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, uh, uh, <laughs> God, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Okay. No, man, my big ups, man. That was so great. I'm, you, I'm sure you have some things to say about that. Oh too.
2: yeah, some questions for sure. Uh, the the sonic, <laughs> just like what uh, Ruben was just talking about, the 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 stuff with the the arco work, but then also the you know the retuning of the bass and just the sonic explorations uh that that are happening on the album are just incredible and i know you've spoken about this before is uh in previous interviews like talking about different tunings but i was a little curious you know there's there's a legacy like there's a uh at ecm particularly there's a legacy of some solo bass albums like bar phillips i think of dave holland like ones all or emerald tears um and there's there's even more so i was i was curious if there was if that was at all in your thought process or that legacy of the the solo bass album mm-hmm. Uh, with the ECM- right.
1: Well, it was growing up, you know, like mm-hmm. I had listened to Dave's records um, and Miroslav's great solo record called Emergence, which I really dug. Yes. Um, and Barr was somebody that I always heard of, but didn't really know his music until Manfred actually turned me on to him. So I wow. listened to him as well. Um, you know, it was so there was a bit of research, but it was all done kind of years ago, mm-hmm. you know, and then... Um, I gotta say, like at a certain point though, in planning that record, I kind of threw it all, like, just didn't, didn't throw it away. I just put it to the side and tried to, you know, because since you're all alone, it's like completely your personality, right? And so mm-hmm. this, you know, going back to this idea that personality is king at, in the end um, is like, okay, well, what is this musical personality that I am? And 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 part of that was just exploring different ways to get sounds out of the instrument. You know, the, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I practiced classical music all my life, mm-hmm. but used the bow very infrequently actually in jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like, okay, how can I bring this into, into this, this world that I'm inhabiting right now and, 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 and bring some music to it? Um, so, and then there was also the, the musical influences of other instrumentalists playing solo um, in the classical music, of course, Okay. um but then you know even you know like i always think of like joe henderson would open up like ask me now or he'd play play an intro you know solo intro and it would just be just so unbelievably beautiful and complete uh, mm-hmm. harmonically melodically rhythmically um or sonny rollins playing solo you know like i mean there's, there's moments of solo playing all the time you know mm-hmm. um and like, why, why is it working? Why, is, why does this feel so good? Why is it, why, why do I, why do I not need anything else? You know, interesting. so yeah. that, that was also a motivation for me too. Mm-hmm. And the bass is unique, you know, because it's f- mostly, a, a, you know, a single note instrument, you know, mm-hmm. so, so you start playing double stops, mm-hmm. um, harmonics, different things that can, you can get more notes at once, but, you know, typically with bass, you know, your harmonic, information occurs through time you know it's not all at once like a chord Mm -hmm. Uh, so you have to assume that the listener gets the harmonic information over the course of the phrase you know it's not complete until it's over and so you kind of have to write in that with that in mind
2: and 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 play with that in mind interesting yeah the melodic melodic aspect of it yeah definitely yeah. Um, i was curious even even going back to um, like miroslav has has multiple albums actually a fair amount of albums out on ecm and he would add in some really interesting like he was open to using synthesizers and different sounds and bringing in different instrumentalists as well and really creative like yeah. un like things that hadn't been done before which is really fascinating was there a did you in your mind, or maybe this was between the label too. Did you just commit to doing it solo, entirely solo, or?
1: Yeah, I did, and then it was like, well, do I want to overdub myself? Ah, well, and yeah. that was like, well, not really. I mean, I did it a couple times, I think, but um, it. I didn't did it want... like what?
0: Maybe one track, I think. Maybe I one did, or two tracks. I think two. Yeah. Two. Okay. Um, you did fool me on one of those on one of those overdubs. I was like, oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> and then and then all of a sudden then it was low and high at the same time playing lions right. i was like oh okay right. Right. <laughs> <I> mean, sometimes <laughs> you
1: can do it you know like yeah that yeah that was the thing also like then trying to play some of the stuff live was like okay well mm-hmm. most of it can be done live but some of it i had to kind of yeah. manipulate in order to, to, to pull it off but um right right yeah but so that was an early decision too like how much overdubbing or if at all so because then you would write differently, right? You'd have a whole yeah. different compositional sense, and so I this was that. kind of not that I was like planning on going out and doing a big solo tour that I wanted mm-hmm. to play it live, but it was it was adding to the challenge to me, you know, no to doubt. to 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 create compositions that would, um, you know, maintain themselves, have some integrity, considering mm. the, the 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 limitations
0: of the instrument. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Well, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna you know not, you know. Keep you, you know, <laughs> too yeah. much longer. But you know, and also our listeners, so they'd be like, "Oh my God, we're done with this." Right. <laughs> uh, but we we like to take. We kind of started already talking you about the Gleaners Club. Um, sorry, the Gleaners, <laughs> Gleaners Club. Where that come from? Um, <laughs> um, we're gonna just just touch on just a couple other. Uh, I mean, your discography is vast, your body of work is large, but we're just going to touch for, you know, for time, just obviously just a couple things. Um, uh, Let's say the art of the trio, obviously with Brad Meldow, I mean, probably your closest, at least you've probably worked with, you know, his trios. You know the most, I guess I would say, definitely, in, in, in the career, and you're probably known mostly for, you know, because you, you guys are, you know, legendary, you know, music makers together. Um, both me and Bob were just saying, you know, how influenced we were by those those series of of of, um, of recordings, the art of the trio and uh, volume four. It's probably probably one that I think always comes to a lot of people's minds, not just minds, Bob's. I've heard other people. I mean, if you could just give us just a small synopsis, maybe about about doing those recordings, um, and you know, I mean, the talk about the the uh, the power of, of people playing together on a consistent mm-hmm. basis and night in night out. Mm-hmm. What what was? Can you just give us you know a synopsis of you know, your feelings on on the right, and sure. that time together? Yeah, so, so
1: I, I started playing with Brad in, in, in Trio in mid-90s. Um, mm-hmm. I had moved to New York in 91, so I had a few mm-hmm. years before that that we started playing. And when we, we started playing together, it was just like this instant connection musically about about where we wanted the music to go, the potential for the music, and this kind of um, shedding a bit of roles, you know, like it just kind of just the, the focus Kind of can move through the music, even wait, though wait, like yeah. Would y'all talk about it? No, I mean, it's, oh, okay. all this all stuff right. happened musically, just, you know? okay, because okay. we shared these, these these same ideas. I'd figure um, so, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and then also, like you said, we were able to play play so much. Brad had just gotten a deal with Warner Brothers, so we were able to, uh, you know, record and we were able to tour all the time, and so we had this very, you know, this privilege of um, being able to to rehearse on the gig a lot, yeah. you know, wow. so. You know, I always tell people this, and it's like, you know, we, we rehearsed as a treat. like, so I've been playing with Brad for, what, 20-something years. Mm-hmm. I think we've rehearsed maybe four times or something, you know? Yep. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's always on the gig or at soundcheck or, you know, something like way. this. Easy and way. it's just, you know, because this opportunity to play so much allowed for that to happen. No, so no that problem. was a huge, you know, lucky moment for all of us to have. Um and then just like kind of just developing that original idea and just seeing where it goes as we continue to grow as three individuals you yes. know A- and um taking other information from different gigs you know like mm. brad doing get different gigs or doing solo gigs or me doing different gigs um mm. you know it's like you come back to that trio and it you feed it feeds it as well so no you know no it's, for me it, like you know we were just playing last month and it was you know, it's, for me, it's as enjoyable as ever, if not yeah. more, you know, wow. in that the opportunity to express myself and to feel free, but, um, you know, definitely part of a, of a trio and, and, and part of, the, you know, three personalities and to continue to, to find new ways to to make that, that instrumentation work and, and to, to, to develop it further. I mean, you know, and
0: you have three very distinct, distinct personalities. You know, come together on and off you know, stage, it's, it's, right? <laughs> well, I was talking about on stage for oh, yeah, podcast, right. but uh, <laughs> but uh, it's 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 uh, it's so beautiful, and um, uh, to, to just bring it full circle, the first time I actually heard you play, I don't know if I ever told you was in Boston,
1: mm.
0: Brian Blade, you, Brad, and Joshua Redmond. Oh. Hmm. That's the first time I saw you play actually. And I was like, who this dude? Who is it dude? And uh it was like, wow. So to keep on going Compass. We were able to me and you were you yeah. and I were able to do this recording with 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 Joshua Redman I guess 15 years later, whatever it was. Right, 50, right. 20 years later i don't remember what year did we do that my my bass guru over there do you know what remember that was maybe 10 years ago mid 2000 maybe like 2000 something something like that maybe exactly and um i've told this and this is not just to gas your head or or the other guys that for me that that bringing that aggregation together was was one of the highlights i think of my musical career you know what i mean just uh, because that's one of those things I don't think may not may not happen again. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like right. bringing the, the power of of you know you know your prowess. You know, being on the bandstand and feeling you right next to me, playing with you, you like pushing me. Uh, and for, for those who don't know, there's this, there's this uh, record that Larry and I were supposed to, sorry, that Larry and I did play on together with Joshua Redman. It's called Compass, which is the great Greg Hutchinson and Brian Blade on drums. I and, uh, and Larry on bass, obviously, and 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 Joshua Redmond on I think he played maybe a tenor and and uh, a, a soprano. Right. Uh, but it was it was an un- un- unbelievable time for us, all of us, to come together, and make this music it was so organic. We were only able to play maybe I don't know, a few gigs, I think live, right. and even that those those gigs, the recording, all of it was was some of. Uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It was a really you know, special time for me. Uh, me too, it.
1: man. I, I have great memories of that. And I, I, I wish those type of things could happen. I mean, I wish opportunities like for two bass players to, to get together would, would happen more because it's always, always so great for me to do that.
0: Yeah. I mean I learned I learned I learned a lot just just doing that, just being in there, just being in a sonic space and and you know, being like, Okay, well I need to step, let me step. Oh, let me go. Oh, and I should no pull back. No, you know, that that type thing. <laughs> because right. you usually so so you're like, you know, I gotta hold it on to everybody. Like, oh shoot, I don't I don't, I don't have, have to. to right <laughs> Totally. yeah it's very
1: unique you know yeah and you think think uh kind of compositionally as far as you know the the arrangement of it it's nice yeah yes yeah so i mean i that's great big ups.
0: Man. thank you thank you for that thank appreciate you. it yeah. um and hey man we're gonna close it out we got you got one more thing for, for, for him right what what you got what you got bob Oh,
2: another question? Yeah, I, I wanted to hear y'all speak all day about the Compass record because it's so <laughs> beautifully, just spatially, and you know, the concept that, that Josh Redman had you, you know, talk, talking about going into it, I, I saw an interview with him recently where he was talking about, it was like, it's a really audacious project to be able to do something like that. It's one thing to record a trio album without a chord player. You know, that's not often done, as or very often, but then to have two mm. teams of bass players and drummers uh, mm-hmm. one of one of the things that Joshua um, had uh, mentioned in this interview was was a quote saying our compass was our own musical instincts and mm-hmm. I just the you know and having not being on the stage or being in uncharted waters doing that together for the first time mm-hmm. do you have memories of the, the rehearsing or being in the situation and try to ba- find the balance uh, and and what would you did you all talk about that like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna play I'm gonna li- listen how does that work even I think it
1: works just like any other musical situation works you just try to make it sonically uh, clear and so it gives space for the other you know it's just like very fundamental things with you playing with another bass player you know you don't want it to be muddy right so mm-hmm. if somebody's yeah. playing low you're probably not going to play low as well I mean right I mean it could work but but typically right. you know uh, you want to create some space for the the listener to hear better what's going on and just kind of be in the moment. I mean, to me, it's like whether it's, you know, a band like that with two drummers and two bass players or it's a saxophone trio, or it's a big band. It's like, you're just reacting to the personalities of the people you're playing with. You're not really reacting to the instruments, mm. right,
2: you know? Right, right, okay. So, yeah.
1: because you bring in same instruments, but different people playing them, you're gonna make different decisions, you know? No doubt, yeah, no doubt. So, I, no I, I kinda, of, it's, it's more about that for me. It's whom I'm playing with, rather than right. what I'm playing with. Yeah, sure no doubt.
0: It's it's a selfish, a selfless, sorry, a selfless yeah. attitude. Uh, that comes, and, and that's I think that's the other thing that that was special about you know the, the that particular group of players. Everyone was is, is a very selfless musician. It's, it's right. very serving of the music. You know, it
2: wasn't it wasn't like okay, I'm on the team with Brian Blade or I'm on the team with with Hutch. Yeah. It wasn't like yeah. that, right? We all yeah. mixing yeah. and matching, and yeah
0: i mean i mean drummers could definitely be that way god it but but uh but uh well, I, I don't know what serious. you're talking about definitely not like that no idea <laughs> oh that's beautiful thanks thanks
2: yeah thanks for talking yeah. about that. that's so cool it i really um recently you've done a concert uh you did an online concert um with john schofield uh, oh, yeah. in support of the Riverkeeper uh, project and uh, I know you you and him had done a a, a recent album uh, with Hudson and you, I was wondering if you wanted to share anything about that, is there any stuff moving forward uh, with Riverkeeper or that project Hudson and if you wanted to to share anything about that
1: um, I mean playing with I, I think I first started playing with John in 96 or 7 um, mm. and then you know I've kind of played with him uh, off and on since then, um, in different situations. And, um, you know, he was kind of my, one of the few guys I got to kind of play with fairly often during COVID, uh, we would get together and play. And this this yeah. thing we did was a, a, a benefit for Riverkeeper, which protects the, the Hudson River, um, yeah. which tied into Hudson, the band with Jack Dijonette and, and Modesky too. Um,
0: because yeah. all of y'all live up in that area is that right? yeah roughly roughly, roughly?
2: yeah okay mm-hmm. and um i love the song selection too it's cool. river man you know like yeah. Crime your river all these great oh yeah that that exactly so it might as well make it
1: thematic and, and <laughs> you know when you open it up with water tunes there's you got a lot of rep possible repertoire so it wasn't hard yeah. but um and then the same thing with Hudson, it was kind of like around songs that uh, were associated with this area, the Hudson Valley through Woodstock and beyond. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I gotta say like when, when we went out to tour with that band, the, 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 the beauty besides playing with monumental musicians, like all the all three of them, um, was opening up all that material and kind of playing more free actually. And And uh. what I, what I would love to do, if I can get everybody together, would be to actually go back in the studio and just to make a free record. You know, free in the sense of no no ideas, of no no composition. Conceived, yeah. Yeah, um, because to me, Jack DeJohnette is an, the ultimate free jazz drummer in a way, you know, yes, and um, no doubt. all of them, you know, the, it, and it goes back to what we've been talking about the whole time. It's like this, this musical person, this personality that, it's beyond music, but it seeps into the music too of ex- exploration and and, mm-hmm. and Ruben, you know, you, you see it night to night with with Charles Lloyd, who I okay. I put up there with, you know, one of the one of the few leaders who um, expects you to come to the gig fully giving, you know, and just like put it put out whatever you want to put out there, but make it make it happen, you know.
0: You you know you know what's what's interesting about what you just said is that I think I mean even though I. had, I did quite some gigs before I started playing with, with Charles, but he's definitely, uh, I didn't think, I didn't realize, you know, not until, he, let me backtrack. He uh, gives you free reign to just be you. Yes. Hmm. Like no other artist I'd ever played with or I think I will ever play with. It's just like, you are here for a reason, just do you. Right. And, super rare. and, and, and nothing is off limits. Right. And, um, and I, I must say not until I, I started, I think playing with, with, with him and you know him in general, but with, with, with Eric and, and Jason over all those years. And those guys were so like, they're like, well, shoot, this is, I'm going to do what I'm going to do anyway. You know what I mean? But I say in the back of my head, I always was, it was probably still, I was like, I. I it's a certain lane, I'm. it's a certain thing I'm supposed to do because I'm the bass player, you know? It exactly. was still like back in my head and I, it took me a short while, very short while, probably I was already loosey-goosey and doing what I do already, but it wasn't here. It wasn't in the front. It wasn't in the front of my yeah. thought process. And not yeah. until I started to play with those guys on a consistent basis did it kind of come to the forefront and, mm-hmm. and 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 accept that it's okay and look, mm-hmm. You're getting paid to do what the hell you want to do, but you know, uh, not. I don't want to say that because that's not exactly what I was doing. I was still staying in the lane, but being part of it, but being okay with, you know, my personality, my musical personality, in a way that I had never really right. explored before. You right. know what I mean? Because we don't, we were not given those opportunities.
1: You know, no. it's it, it's very rare for a leader to 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 uh, that that's their prime directive, right? Right. I mean, I, mean, I think maybe Wayne would be the next. Guy, yes. I would say, um, mm-hmm. but, but you know, it's a little different compositionally between the yes. two of them, you know. I mean, I, I have this complete freedom, I would say, with Brad, but it's different because of the compositions, you know, like, yes. I can't just yes. play whatever I want. I mean, I got to keep the form, you know, and with Charles, right. too, you're playing tunes, but
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. there's
1: something mm-hmm. about the way he leads a band and his his vision that is very, very special to me. And, uh, yes, yes. You know, it promotes exactly what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, it's it's and uh, uh, as I said it took me some time to, to uh, fully embrace and, and appreciate it in 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 the, in the way I do it today. I mean, um, uh yeah. Yeah, thank it's you. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. I mean, yeah. and,
1: and it's it, it helps us to grow as musicians and to no doubt. maybe maybe as leaders too, like to like letting people you hire people cuz you like the way they play, right? You want them. To... I
0: mean ultimately, I mean you're definitely at that that uh, people you know, they call you because they need that sound. They don't, if you want to just a bass player, don't just call Larry Granadere you, you want a certain sound. You bring the, you know, the personality to the music and that, that lives to music. That's why they call you right now. We all hopefully trying to get to that somehow. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And so, uh, but to, to, to sum it, to, to kind of close this a little bit, there's one last question that we want to ask you What's something that our listeners might be surprised to learn about Larry Granadere Wow! Keep it Where genuine. do I start? <laughs>
1: well, maybe like I'm a, I'm a I'm a super Stanley Clark fan.
0: Are you Is serious? That surprising? Yeah.
1: I mean, uh, yeah. Oh man! I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of like a little freakish about it because like if anybody who's played with Stanley, like I'm always asking questions about him. You know, like really? Like, you know, kind of a, you know ultimate fan because you know. I, I, I kind of can always go back to his his records, huh. or records that he's on, and say, "Wow, man! Like, what an interesting cat this guy! I mean, not only did he have so much, um, t- so much together at such an early age on the instrument, but so much confidence in the way he wanted to play the yes. instrument, both mm-hmm. instruments. I mean, people yeah. think electric bass, but I mean, uh, on upright, man, come on! Oh man, you know? I, and, I saw
0: him. I saw him with Chick Corea. Uh, I mean, obviously, many years ago. Well, about three, four years ago. I hadn't seen him live in many, many years. And it was just duo. Oh,
1: shit.
2: Wow.
0: And they were doing a duo, a duo uh, a tour or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and he had all, he had like these, you know, he had like this volume. He had all this stuff kind of like next to him that he was like tweaking all the time. But the, the, the musical integrity and it, what was coming out, what they were doing, it was just such on a, like a mind-boggling high level. No matter what your aesthetic is, you could you, you couldn't deny that. You know what I mean? I was just like, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. No,
1: there's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. And, and you, you know, know it's, so it's it's. I mean, I, I guess I just say that because it really shouldn't be that surprising that we like somebody like Stanley Clark. I mean, come on. But, but I mean, but but also just to get outside of this like pigeonhole of thinking. Okay, you know, you play. Uh, a certain style of jazz or pe- people know you for a certain style of jazz and so they think you just kind of listen to a certain thing you know and, mm-hmm. and bass players are so lucky in that we can see the interconnectivity of all music a- any no style doubt. of music and we never think in style right we just think okay this line kind of fits this tune or whatever this drum. No doubt
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so you know we're constantly being fed and influenced by i think a lot of music that people might say really you know you know they're not quite and sure it's true. Like, really, I, I gotta check that out too maybe. you know so <laughs> exactly i like that yeah, no. because it, it doesn't doesn't think you know we're just sitting around listening to, to paul chambers all day
0: even <laughs> no we no. are no <laughs> right, right right yeah yeah you know walk like paul walk like paul right is yeah. that is that name of it uh bob walk like paul chambers yeah
2: yeah a new course yeah <laughs> yeah
1: oh, a new nice, course man. well it's gonna be it's... A, a few a few different courses i'm sure that's
0: oh yeah, yeah, yeah right.
2: barely <laughs> the surface yes yes indeed <laughs> yeah, well, stanley please, clark though well, yes well. yeah yeah hey yeah, hey hey well,
0: bob bob larry thank you all for for doing this yes, this course. uh you know thank this you. episode i you know it, it brings me joy and i'm just I, every time we, i finish these these episodes i just like skip down the street you know like and so happy and <laughs> oh, <whatever>. man you <laughs> <laughs> you know I me mean? so Hey, uh, and to our listeners, thank you for joining us on another episode of Upright Citizens featuring and uh, the great legendary bassist Larry Grenadier. You just Google his name, you know, his whole describe will come up and you can hear all the beautiful music he's made the past <clears throat> years. Um, <clears throat> thank you very much. All right. Well, take yeah. care of yourselves. All right. And, uh, and, and stay bass centric much bass love to you too and man. to the rest of you out there all thank right?
2: you Ruben, for everything it's beautiful and thank you so much larry grenadier for being here thank and you. for all the music over the years i very course. much appreciate it hope to see you soon hear you soon yeah. thank you all right, man peace, peace bye